Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Open your uh, Bibles, if you will, with me to Mark chapter 4. We're going to kind of, we're going to continue our journey in um, in Mark, and last week we kind of, we started a new a new series, and we're talking about gardening. We're talking about seed. We're talking about soil. Those of you here, you'll be able to go and start a garden this spring, and you will be able to be great at it because I am. And uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> some, some of y'all don't even know how to take me. It's like, is he full of it or what? As we, as we go this, this journey, we've looked at the parable that Jesus says is the parable that you've got to get understanding of if you're going to understand any of the other parables that he teaches. And so Mark chapter 4, verse 13, then Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? If you can't understand this one, you won't understand any of them. But if you get this one, this one will be a catalyst to help you understand all the other parables that are coming. The farmer sows the word. Who sows the word? The farmer sows what? The word of who? The word of God. The farmer is who? Anybody. Yeah, anybody sowing. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly do what? Still others, like seed sown among what? Thorns hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil. How many of you want to be good soil? We want to be good soil for the seed of the word of God to be sown into, and here's the result. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, and what's that say? accept the word they receive it into themselves and produce a crop some 30 some 60 and some 100 times what was sown you never just get equal to what you sowed it's always going to be way more way more than what you sowed last week we looked at the fact that the seed is perfect the seed is the word of god right the seed of the word of god then it is perfect, never can be anything but perfect. If you've ever done a, a garden, you know that in the natural realm, you can get bad seed. And if bad, bad seed put in good soil will not come up. But in this, there is no bad seed. The seed is perfect. So if you're not producing the fruit of righteousness and peace and joy and all the other things if you're not producing that in your life it's not because the seed is is wrong it's because something is wrong with the soil you tracking with me that puts it back on me you know I, kn I know we live in a day where we like to blame everybody else 
But you can't fix your soil by blaming everybody else. You've got to look into your own soil and see what's going on with it and then make the decision to do the things you need to do. And, and it was awesome what Jesus did here because he really gave us a, a beautiful picture. He said in this that there was the first seed that was sown along the path. How many of you know a path is a place where you walk? And that path is hardened. That soil is hard. So the seed was thrown out there, it fell on that hardness, it could not receive it, it would not go into the ground, and so it sat there for Satan to come and steal that word away. The one thing that we have to have, if we're going to be able to produce, is we have to have broken soil. Soil that has not been broken is hard, and hard soil cannot receive the word. Some of you are going to get set free today because the enemy has kept you blinded to the principle that I'm going to share with you. And that is the seed of the word of God when put in good soil will produce, but if your heart is hard, if you have hardened your heart, the soil can't get in. You can sit in church all day. You could sit in church every day. You could read the Bible every day and you're, you're, you're looking at good seed. But if your heart is hardened, it's never gonna get in. It's never gonna get in. What hardens our heart? I mean, here's the thing. Today, I'm talking to people who, I'm kind of aiming this into the direction of believers, okay? If you've never been born again, that's the first step. You have to come to Jesus because you have to be made a new creation, spiritually born. Once you're spiritually born, the spiritual seed has to be put into a spiritual life. And so that is the first thing that has to happen. We must be born again. We have to experience a spiritual birth by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as our Lord and Savior, forgiveness of sin. That's the first step. But after that, I have, you have, we've all seen people and we've all been that person at times where we have allowed, after we receive Jesus, things to happen to harden our hearts. Some of you have been through some really tough things in life, really difficult things. Some of you have had marriages fall apart. Some of you have had children to rebel some of you have lost children to death. Some of you have lost partners to death. Some of you have experienced bankruptcy. You've experienced financial difficulties. You've, you've experienced so many different things. All of those things have the potential to break up our hard heart, or they have the potential to harden us even more. And only we individually can choose what's going to happen with that. You can't choose for me. I can't choose for you. I can remember a time in my life when I started to let my heart get hard. I had kind of gone through a place where I felt like I was hurt and, and, and in my pain, my answer was to just harden my, my heart so that I couldn't hurt anymore. I remember just as a kid, for some reason, I, I just always have felt things so deeply. And that is both a blessing and sometimes feels like a curse. Yeah. 
And until you learn what to do with that, until you learn how to handle that, it's, it's difficult. And as a kid, I didn't know how to handle it. But as you go through life, all of a sudden you, you get these experiences where it's like, I, I have the choice in this moment, in this event that's happening to me right now, I have the choice. Will I harden my heart more or will I humble myself before the Lord? How many of you know that humility is what makes our soul, our, our soil pliable? It's what makes it uh, plowed, makes it able to receive. And then without humility, we're never going to be able to walk with, with, with the production of harvest and seed and fruit going on in our life that, like we can. Unforgiveness hardens the heart. And it doesn't matter whether you've been saved or not. You will go through some things in life. And people will hurt you in life that make you want to harden your heart and refuse to forgive. Because sometimes the, the, the refusal to forgive is the only thing that we feel, only power we feel like we have over the situation and the person that hurt us. If I forgive them and release them, what does that tell them? Does it tell them it's okay to hurt me? What do I do? What do I do with this thing that's happening in me right now that has the potential to go ahead and break me, to make me to make my soil where it can receive the seed of the word of God, or am I going to stiffen up even more? My choice, your choice. You tracking? What will you do? Your mom and dad's hurt you. It's so easy when you're young to look at mom and dad and think, they destroyed dad did this or mom did this and it destroyed our family and you go through life and you begin to build up animosity toward one of them but let me tell you something you haven't lived long enough yet it is so easy at certain points of your life to look at other people and say i would never do that but you don't know what you will do when when all the circumstances come together you don't know what you'll do you don't know the decisions you'll make yet that's why you need to be putting the seed of the word of god in right you don't know what humility requires that we do not judge and and here's what i mean by that i'm not saying okay when i'm when i'm talking about judging i'm not talking about you're here you are dating and your mom and dad say, that guy is no good for you. And you say, mom and dad, you hypocrite. Didn't you hear what Bud said Sunday? Don't judge. That's not what I'm talking about. If your mom and dad has any sense, they're going to look at that guy and they're going to make some judgments for your life purpose. Are you tracking with me? That's a whole big difference in looking at you and judging you and shaming you and forgetting what I've done. Is anybody tracking with me? 
I can, I can make a judgment on whether you and I need to be friends or not. It doesn't mean that I am judging your life. It doesn't mean that I am judging what you have done. What it does mean is I'm sitting down counting the cost in my life and saying, bringing you into my life, good or bad, what's going to happen? That's what we need to be doing. Is that making sense to anybody? We've got to do that part. But the, the thing is, is, we get caught up in this, it's like, ah, oh, but you, bud, you just now said you can't judge. I am not judging you. I don't care what you have been through. I've been through stuff. You've been through stuff. I'm going to go through stuff. You're going to go through stuff. And we accept and love each other, but it doesn't mean that I can't look into my life and your life and make a judgment of whether I'm going to be bad for you or you're going to be bad for me. Is this making sense to anybody? We've got to be able to do that. Humility is what makes the difference. Humility is what keeps me from looking at you and saying you're worthless and you're no good. Humility. In humility, I can say God loves you. I love you. God loves you. I love you. But we're not going to be best friends. We're not gonna be best friends. God loves you, I love you, but that's not what this life has given us. There's some stuff going on in your life right now that I just don't need in my life. You might tracking with me. So do you see the difference in making a, a judgment call on the decisions you're gonna make and actually judging a person and their motives and So when we make judgments, and when we point a finger, and when we choose not to forgive, and we harden our hearts, we become soil that cannot receive the word. And that's where some of you're trying so hard, you're trying so hard to grow in your spiritual life. But it just seems like this seed that I'm reading the word, I can't get, there's just something that's just not working. And it may be that God is saying, you're letting your heart get hard. I need you to be broken and pliable, yielding to me. Brokenness is a beautiful thing, guys. It's a beautiful thing. It hurts. It's painful. I can remember as a young man get, when I got saved, I can remember spending hours laying on my, just, I mean, literally laying on my face in the floor, weeping and crying sometimes until my gut hurt so much, I felt like my insides were going to come out. But there was a breaking going on in me. This battle between everything that I had learned from the world and the way the world does the things and, and everything that I had learned from from the Lord in this battle that's constantly beating its head. And I can remember those moments saying, God, I am so weak. I need you. I can't do this without you. And just laying and weeping and allowing the just brokenness to flow in my life. Those are foundational years. I'm afraid sometimes we, we live in this society today that, that's like we, everybody feels entitled you can't have humility and an entitlement attitude at the same time. 
You can't have gratitude and entitlement at the same time. When we do, when we believe the world, you deserve a break today. We all, all these little ditties are in our head from, from years past, all of us old people, that where they used to do these, they would do these things and all of them revolved around you deserve, you deserve, you deserve. And now you hear it everywhere. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. If we got what we deserve, we would all split hell wide open. That's what we deserve. Everything but that is a gift and a blessing from God and should be met with gratitude rather than me looking at you being jealous that you have more than I have and demanding that you give me some of what you have because I don't have what you have. Well, when you do that, you take God out of it because really, see, he gets to choose. And I think there are times when he does choose and he says, that one's used the seed that I gave him and you have never used the seed. That one's got a, that one's got a harvest coming up, but you have, you've never even planted seed in your life. And now you're whining, you're wanting his harvest because you failed to plant seed when you could have. Hello. That's good preaching right there, bud. Thank you. <laughs> That sense can cause your heart to harden. Somebody hurt you or is in hurt or hurting you, release them, turn it loose. I'm not telling you to go back in. Say, bud, if I, if I forgive them though, they'll just walk back in and do it. No, they're not gonna walk in unless you open the door. I'm not telling you to open the door. I'm telling you to close the door to unforgiveness. Then you use wisdom to deal with relationships. Does that make sense at all? Use some wisdom dealing with the relationships. But it doesn't mean you have to open up your heart, your life, back to this person that just destroyed you. That's a conversation between you and God. That is where you begin to seek wisdom. But forgiveness goes a long ways. Doesn't it? Anybody with me? Jealousy. Can jealousy harden your heart? Man, I'm telling you. Some of you, you know, in the workplace, church is one of the worst places in the world for jealousy. Can't believe Bud talked to them on Sunday and he didn't talk to me. He stood right over there in that corner. He talked to them the whole time. I stood over there waiting to talk to him. Never did even talk to me. I knew That deserves a drink. <laughs> Jealousy can be a horrible thing. And it can harden your heart. Especially, especially, I know nobody, I know nobody said anything like that or feels anything like that toward me. But we'll just say, just in case, just just as an example. If you get mad at me, and I'm the farmer that God has chosen to sow a certain seed into your life, how are you going to get it? 
And you're saying, I can get it from anybody. And God said, no, I chose him to give this seed. And before you're going to be able to get the seed that I want that's going to take you to another place, you're going to have to release him. You're going to have to forgive him. That means we're sitting right on the verge of experiencing 30, 60, 100 fold, but we can't get there because we're telling God who he can send seed through and who he can't. That's tough. Ain't it? That's tough. See, this is, here's what we're doing today. We're chewing on some meat. Anybody, anybody taste that? Mm, chew on that meat. Gum it. Whatever you got to do. Just Whatever you need to do, do it. Brokenness. I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple real quick things, but we got we to come back to brokenness because here's what I really feel like this morning that God wants to do in this room. I think there's some of you here that are right at the edge, but there's a brokenness that has to happen because you, won't, you haven't forgiven your mom, you haven't forgiven your dad, you haven't forgiven your children. You, oh, I'm sorry, honey. You haven't forgiven the people that you're going to have to forgive to move on. You are the winner. See, the devil says you're going to lose if you forgive. No, you're going to win. That's why he tries so hard to keep you from doing it. And if you wait until your emotions are ready to forgive, hello. I mean, there's this just occasion when I think, I've forgiven everybody, everything is good, and then somebody's name comes up. And in my entire life right now, it's just like there's only one. <laughs> but when this person's name comes up, it's like, did I forgive? And then that moment, it's like, oh, okay, Lord, I choose to forgive. Because it's not all about emotion. If I make it all about emotion, I'll never do it. Because sometimes I feel like forgiving and sometimes I don't. And maybe more don't than do. That's why it's a decision. Jesus said, how often? Lord, Lord how often do we have to forgive? Jesus said, well, let's, let's try... One day, 70 times 7. Somebody get your calculator out. 490 times in one day is a lot. Am I right? How many of you have ever had to forgive somebody 490 times in one day? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I saw some, it's like, ready to go. It's like, oh, bud, 490 times? I don't even touch the surface of what I've had to do. But here's what Jesus was saying innumerable you got to forgive he didn't say forgive when you feel like giving forgiving he didn't say forgive when when it starts to affect your life he said forgive and you keep on forgiving and you keep on forgiving and you keep on forgiving you keep making the choice and making the choice and making the choice and when i choose oh let me i gotta say this one more time but when i choose not to forgive when I choose not to forgive, I fail to look in the mirror. But you don't know what she said about me. You don't know what he said about me. Here's what I know. If I had had a microphone on you 
your entire life. If I'd had, <laughs> I've got a microphone on me. If I'd had a microphone on you following you around, I promise you, you have ripped some people apart. And then you sit in your arrogance saying, I can't believe they talked about me like that. When you just did the same thing to somebody else. Boom. That's what, that's what Ethan does when he, he'll sing a song, then he ends it and goes, boom. It's like the mic drop, so it's a boom. <clears throat> Humility, a soft heart, plowed ground in our heart, bro a broken, where, where God breaks us, not in a bad way, but to where we become yielding. That's a beautiful place to be. Because then you can just look and, and I don't have to, I don't have to spend my, waste my time looking at you and, and pointing a finger at you. I get a focus on the, 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 the telephone pole in my own eye before I'm starting to try to pull the toothpick out of yours. That's a Jesus teaching. There's another ground there. He said it was, it was very shallow. It was on a rocky place. There was a little bit of dirt on top of it. It actually started, the seed actually started to do something. And yet, it couldn't, it really couldn't go anywhere because there was no depth. There's some people who looked the part. You may be in the room. I don't know. But you looked the part. You know. You know the Christian lingo. You know all the things. You know the songs. You know all the Christian stuff. But there's no depth. There's no depth in your life. Seed can't get in. You go to church, you even serve. But there's no depth in, in your heart where you receive the word, where you sit in his presence, where, where he is able to point out things in your life, where he's able to help you grow and learn, instruct you. You can't get there Why? because there's no depth. And we need to be ever deepening. So what do you do about that? Let me tell you the best thing to do. You scoop up that soil and you put it over here where there's some other good soil and it'll grow. And what some of you can't get any depth in your life because you spend all of your time around people who refuse to grow, who refuse to mature, and there's no root. And your life is shallow because you're hanging with shallow people. But here's what you do. You take the soil of your life and you scoop it up off of the rock and you take it over here and you put it in this place where, where soil is, where there's good healthy soil and all of a sudden you're looking and you're, you're finding that your life is deepening and some wonderful things start to happen in that. Anybody tracking? Let me drop this one in there. No pen intended by saying, let me drop this one in there. But one of the greatest things for dirt, for soil, to make it rich, to make it fertile, to make it nutritious is what? Manure. Manure. When somebody's dropping...
their potty mouth manure on you. You have two choices. You can retaliate, which is going to cause you to get hard, to harden your heart. Or you can look at them and say, you think you're hurting me, but you're helping me. Because not sure how to say this I may just have to leave it to parents to have to deal with it later but you just say the crap that you're dropping on me is going to work to my good is anybody tracking yeah. it's going to work to my good why because it's fertile it's, it's fertilizing my life but only if I allow it to now don't you pull up really close really real, real close with me if you're here today and your heart is, and it may not be fully hardened, but you may know that there's something going on that's got you on a path that it's getting harder. And the Holy Spirit is trying to get in. And you've hardened your heart towards your mate. You've hardened your heart towards your children. Children, you've hardened your heart towards your parents. But you're hardening your heart. You no longer will listen. You no longer will hear. The, the relationship is just, is, has, has just hit a, hit a dead end. The only answer is to allow the tough moments in life to break us. The kind of brokenness that puts us on our knees. Sinatra. I did it my way. You want me to sing the rest of that to you, don't you? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I did it my way. How many of us are going to come to the end of our life and say, I did it my way and I wrecked everything? I wrecked everything. In the womb, God had an assignment for me, a purpose for me. And I did it my way and I wrecked everything. But it is never too late, guys, gang, girls, brothers, sisters. It's never too late. It is never too late. You can look at your life and say, oh, my life would have been so much different had I done this and this and hadn't done that. I'd have received Jesus had I planted the seed of the word of God in my life. Had I learned to walk by him and his word in relationship with him. But it's too late for me. Even if I forgive now, as old as I am, it's not going to change anything. Yes, it will. I don't care if you only had one year to live. If you let that go, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you something. Oh, okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One of the things that's killing some of you is allowing that to stay in your, in your life. You want to feed cancer? Keep unforgiveness in there and let it just do its thing. It breaks down our immune system when we allow that stuff inside of us to stay there. You want to destroy that stuff? We come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I want to be good soil. Your seed is perfect. I want to be good soil. And right now, my heart's hard. But I'm going to come before you this morning and I'm just yielding to you. And I'm saying, break me. I'm, I'm open for you to break my heart if needed. For me to get rid of all of me so that I can experience all of you.
so that my heart is a, a fertile place. Lord, I've been so angry at this person who just keeps talking about me and, and keeps just, just saying terrible things about me. But now I know that all of that can be, can be fertilizer for my life that makes me more like you, maybe not more acceptable to the world, but more acceptable in the kingdom of God and in God's kingdom. There's some major, most beautiful things. He can tell you how to run a business. He can tell you how to do a relationship. He can tell you how to forget or, or fix relationships. He can tell you how to walk in joy and peace and love. He can do all that with the seed of his word. As I prayed for this service, though, the one thing, the one thing that kept coming was we got to be open to being broken. Get alone. Let the tears out. Release all the stuff that's destroying your life. What kind of weeds are in your life that's choking out the word? That was one of them. What kind of weeds in your life are choking out the word? Every time the word of God gets in there and tries to start, you got so many weeds that it won't let the seed produce. Let's take the weeds up. Let's just get rid of them. And say, Lord, here I am. Father, I praise you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what only you can do. There are times we get ourselves in places that we don't know how to get away. There are times we let our heart get in such a condition that we don't know how to fix it. But you do. Look at me just a second. Everybody look at me just for a minute. How, how is good wine made? You got to press, you got to crush the grapes. God's got some beautiful things that he wants to bring out of your life. Beautiful things. He wants to bring a new wine out of your life. But it doesn't happen without crushing. Because in the crushing, the aroma comes. In the crushing, the juice comes. In the crushing moment that we all want to run away from is probably the most beneficial thing to us. I'm asking you, don't run away from the crushing you're going through. Don't blame God. Don't get mad at God. Don't turn a finger toward God. Just look at him and say, you are God and I'm not. 
and I yield myself to whatever needs to happen in my life for me to bring glory to your name and for the wine that comes out of my life to be a wine that impacts every single person who will taste of it. As we sing, I'm just, in, just going to invite you to come if you want to come up and pray. I'm just going to leave this up to the Holy Spirit just to do, just to do what He does, and He does it in a wonderful way, but if He gently nudges you, there's a reason for it. If he gently nudges you and, and invites you up, maybe it's because if you walk out those doors, the seed is going to get stolen by Satan and you will never do it. I don't know. But all I know is he's got beauty for ashes. Will you open your life and make a move toward him and release everybody and everything Start with a decision. Let's stand and sing. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.